if I put content out there where it's a blog post, video, podcast, whatever I'm trying to do, and I get 30 likes, first thing I'm doing is I'm prospecting all the people that liked it. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, so in this episode, you'll be hearing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from past conferences. Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of the Flip My Funnel podcast. Sangram, how are you? I'm still fired up at the same time, exhausted from the conference. It has been an incredible week of just learning from so many incredible people. So I'm still soaking in, man. I love it, man. I love it. So we are actually going to be running a series of interviews on Mondays for the next five weeks based on some interviews that Logan from our team, one of the co-hosts of B2B Growth, did while we were at the Flip My Funnel conference. So the episode that you're about to hear is an interview with Logan Lyles and one of the several guests that are speakers that were at the Flip My Funnel conference. And so, man, I'm, I'm really excited. I was in the room for a lot of these interviews that Logan was doing and the content was just fantastic. Absolutely, man. And I think these are like real influencers and practitioners in the space. So I hope this combination of both B2B growth podcast, if you haven't listened to, go check it out as well. And then Flip My Funnel coming together and, and doing this series, I think just shows how much more knowledge uh, sharing can really help everybody in the process. So I'm super pumped that we're doing this series together as both Flip On Funnel and B2B Growth Podcast together. I love it, man. Awesome. All right. So without further ado, here is an interview with Logan. Welcome back to the B2B Growth Show. We're here today with Ryan O'Hara. He is the VP of Growth and Marketing at Lead IQ. Ryan, how's it going, man? Hey, what's up? How's it going? (laughs) It's going really well, man. I appreciate you coming on the show. So one of the things that's kind of interesting is it's it's weird because we've talked before this. Yeah, you know, it's, it's always kind of funny, but I have been on before and I'm kind of excited today because I've been listening to a lot of sales and marketing people that I think I'm noticing there's some trouble that people have with alignment of sales and marketing. And I think mm-hmm. one of those things that themes and causes that is marketers don't like the way that reps put themselves online and brand themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think reps struggle to yeah. align with marketing and be good at it. And so- yeah. I actually thought it'd be kind of a cool thing to talk about today. Yeah, so I love it, man. So we're actually recording this at Flip My Funnel. You presented earlier, had a great talk at the at the sales stage earlier today. This will be going live a little after Flip My Funnel, but we're talking a lot about account-based marketing here in Boston this week, talking a lot about sales and marketing alignment. So for maybe folks that didn't get a chance to make it to Flip My Funnel, yeah. haven't heard a previous interview with you, don't know about your LinkedIn video fame, <laughs> tell people just a little bit of context, who you are, what the team at Lead IQ is up to. Yeah. So we are trying to help people with cutting down steps in prospecting. Okay. And the way we get our message out, we do a lot of stuff with social selling. We post videos regularly. If I post a video on LinkedIn, I'm sure as hell going to be prospecting every person that engages it. Mm -hmm. And even though I'm a marketing guy, I started in sales. I've always been a marketer that like wore sales goggles a little bit. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like really trying to do that stuff a lot more. So we put out content regularly. I'll give you an example. If you're thinking about doing some stuff in social selling and you add your prospects online as you email Mm -hmm. them, like let's say you write them a cold email. They don't respond. You add them on LinkedIn with a personalized message. When that person accepts your message, you basically have a six-day window to get in their newsfeed. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, or their timeline, and if yeah. they don't 
if you don't get in their newsfeed with something and they don't engage with you, yeah. you're pulled out and they never see your content again unless one of their mutual connections shares something. So yeah. a, lot, a big part of this is actually like trying to convince people and talk to them about putting content out there. And I think yeah. it's really hard for a lot of people to do it. They're shy. They don't know what to do. Yeah. If you're a sales rep, the thing that you have that's really cool is you have book of business, a book of potential business, and you have the ability to talk to people or you wouldn't mm -hmm. be working in sales. Yeah. So that's yeah. a big part of like what I've been trying to help people with lately is talking about how you can go to market yourself and brand yourself as a sales rep. Yeah. Yeah. I love some of the videos you guys have been putting out and a lot of it geared towards salespeople. So I, I've taken some value from it. And I think that there's, whether it's, you know, trepidation about putting themselves on video, or maybe it's a salesperson and they're, you know, not the strongest writer, like there are some roadblocks to folks. What are some of the things you encourage salespeople to do to get started? Because if you're going to social sell, you've got to find some way to put out content. Even if you're working with marketing and then publishing it yourself, you know, what are some of the things that you encourage salespeople to do to get started? Yeah. So it's no secret. I'm going to be really transparent here. And yeah. by the way, there are great companies that do this for you, but one easy low hanging fruit thing you can do is if you're bad at writing or you're bad at speaking or you're bad at both of those or something, mm -hmm. use user generated content, mm -hmm. like work with your prospects, work with your customers, go through your existing book of business or people that you want to be customers. Mm -hmm. When someone writes back an email to me and says, Hey, Ryan, we're stuck in a contract with X data provider. Mm -hmm. I don't go and say, great, I'll follow up with you in three months. Mm -hmm. I say, totally get it. That's cool. We should do a podcast, mm -hmm. but we should do a five minute interview. Yeah. I could rapid fire, do something really quick with you yeah. and put you out there and you could tag it and your whole network will see it. The mm -hmm. thing I, I drop the stat all the time, but the average person changes jobs once every 17 months. Mm -hmm. That means that they're constantly going to be thinking about what's my next job. Mm -hmm. Even if it's like they just joined a new company, they want to get their brand out there. They want to get out there. If they've right. been there for six months, right. they're they're probably thinking, all right, I'm confident in what I'm doing. I want to rep the brand and do well. Mm -hmm. And then the last six months, they're probably thinking about their next job. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have the occasional person that will stay at a company for years. Like I've been at Lead IQ now for like almost four years, mm -hmm. but there are people out there that you could go do this with. So if you're a rep and you're cold emailing someone and they write back to you and say they're not interested or something. Yeah. Try and do something else to build the yeah. relationship out. And I've actually talked to some people that I, I actually think you guys do this too, a little bit, not to like plug your stuff, but like yeah. you'll help people with podcasting in these scenarios too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you make a really good point. Collaborating with people on content not only helps you be able to put out content, but what I hear you saying that, that, that you know, we do as well is collaborating on content builds that relationship and it might not lead to close business that month, but if that person moves or if they move up in their organization or things change, you have an established relationship other than, Hey, I'm going to call you again at renewal time. Right. Right. Get, get this. <laughs> this is the crazy part too. Let's say you're a BDR, SDR, AE, and you're having a bad month. Your deal that you thought was going to close this month that you forecasted and promised your sales manager completely falls through. Right. Never happens. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what you can do? you can actually hit up some of the people that you've done stuff with and backfill your pipeline. Mm -hmm. That happened to me. I remember there was a month uh, I was working at Dime and I was actually transitioning over to the events team. Okay. And I was going to be doing BDR stuff for the events team. But because of that, I got pulled in a lot of meetings. I was nowhere close to my number. There were mm -hmm. four days left in the month. My manager sat me down and said, Ryan, you're supposed to be leading this team. You're supposed to be doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. I need you to really focus on prospecting until the end of the month. Can mm -hmm. you get to 15 ops? Yeah. And I think I had like one. Like, I'm not kidding. I just... <laughs> I just wasn't prospecting. I was yeah. just doing too much stuff. So I went through and I just went through all these people that I had done stuff with. Mm -hmm. I had interviewed people and said, Hey, can I do a couple Q and a questions and throw it on our blog? 
Mm-hmm. Or I'd, I'd say, I'm going to do a LinkedIn post about this topic with load balancing. And I wanted to talk about a cool project. Can you give me a couple of quotes I could throw into my post? Mm-hmm. And I just tapped into these people and I was yeah. able to hit 15 ops. I got 15 ops in three days doing it. Wow. Just like tapping into these people that I, I had a relationship with that I kept mm-hmm. in Google Drive that just listed every person that I had done stuff with so I could remember to go back to it when I was having a bad time. Right, right. That's awesome, man. Now, the next step, I think, I've seen you guys do some videos on this, kind of highlighting your product, but I think whether you know someone's using Lead IQ or not, the next step that I think a lot of salespeople you know, aren't doing, if they are getting to that point of producing content, is where do they take it from there? Like, what do I do with, yes, I yeah. get 30 likes for the first time, or I get 100 likes for the first time on a, on a post. Now, what do I do? What do you recommend? Yeah. So the, the first thing that you do is you need to capitalize on that stuff. I'll give you a couple of cool things you can do. And this is why it's a sick cycle. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. If I put content out there where it's a blog post, video, podcast, whatever I'm trying to do, and I get 30 likes, first thing I'm doing is I'm prospecting all the people that liked it. Mm-hmm. And if you work at a sales team where there's territories, mm-hmm. that's okay. You don't have to prospect them, but you can help your reps that are on your team with it. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing you also can do. Take the people that like the posts that are connections to the person you had. Mm-hmm. email them. And instead of asking for their product, they're not in your territory, or if they aren't a good prospect, mm-hmm. ask them if they know anyone that would want to be on the podcast or video or whatever you're doing. Right. Like just do a cycle yep. and then do the same thing with their connections yep. and you create a cascade yep. of, of stuff. You have to ask good questions and stuff too. And yeah. this, by the way, it doesn't have to be podcast either. You can do just content. You can write mm-hmm. something if you're yep. good at writing. Yep. Video is very easy because I think that naturally as a sales rep, it's easier to talk and it's better to look at a camera and look at a customer. Mm-hmm. If you chisel off 30 minutes a week to just do a 30 minute or five minute interview with someone, yeah. whether not caring if it's a prospect or a customer, yeah. people are going to do it because you can tag them and put it online. Yeah. Here's the other thing. I think a lot of reps struggle with figuring out like, okay, I'm putting out content, but how do I make sure my content's different from everyone else? Mm-hmm. One thing, this is a little bit more complicated, but I think it's a really cool thing you can do is actually implementing a brand archetype for yourself. Okay. Uh, do you ever learn about brand archetypes or any of that stuff? Uh, no, not personally. So, so, tell so me more. In, in the marketing world, no one does it in sales yet. And I'm actually okay. working on an ebook on this, but in that. this, in the sales world, there are all kinds of things that make us love certain brands. Right. And I'll give you an example. If I'm like, Hey, I'm going to say the word badass. Give me one brand you think of that's badass. Right. Harley Can, Davidson. That's the perfect example. A badass brand would probably be a rebel brand. That's the brand archetype mm-hmm. it's called or the outlaw, some people call right, it. And they, right. okay. The idea is that you pick a brand archetype and stick to one and commit to it. Yeah. You can do a lot better. There's a rebel, there's a gesture. That's what we are. We try to make people laugh. Yeah. When yeah, we do you our guys brand do a stuff. lot of good stuff with humor. Yeah, yeah. we try yeah. to throw in little je- jokes and try to make people laugh. Yeah. There's a hero, which is like, I'm the best. This is why I'm the best. Muhammad Ali is a good example. Right. Of that. There's the lover brand. A lover brand is someone that talks about how much they love their fans and their people. They, sh- mm-hmm. they use intimacy. I love, it's a really nerdy example for a 31 year old man, but (laughs) Taylor Swift is my favorite example of this. She's a lover brand. (laughs) Yeah. Literally half her songs are about relationships that have broken up. Yeah. All her posts she does on Instagram are about like things she loves about her fans. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason that Taylor Swift is literally like the most followed pop star in the Mm -hmm. world right now. Like Katy Perry is pretty well known, but like when something happens to Taylor Swift, thousands of people flock to back her up on stuff. That same thing doesn't happen for Carly Rae Jepsen or I'm just naming pop people. I don't know them off the (laughs) head, but like she's a lover brand. If you want to build a loyal following online and find your voice, the easiest way to find your voice is to pick one of the archetypes that you like. Here's the other thing. Pick an archetype other people aren't doing. Yeah. So like if I looked at like in the data world, for example, we compete with Zoom Info and Discover Work. Mm -hmm. They're not, gestures. And if mm-hmm. they were, I wouldn't have done the gesture archetype for lead right, IQ. Right. 
like they're I, one of them's a sage brand and one of them, I don't even know what they do for branding, but like no disrespect. I just, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't have a clear archetype. I don't think with the stuff they do, there's all kinds of things you can do. There's a difference between Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks too. Right. Dunkin' right. Donuts yeah. is an every man. That's another brand archetype or the friend brand. They call it. Mm-hmm. It's basically common Joe America runs on Dunkin's right. blue collar. Like right. come here, do this. That's the every man brand archetype. Yeah. Starbucks is an explorer brand. They yep. put all exotic locations yep. to exotic flavors and they want people to go try new things. So like if you were doing social selling and picking an Explorer brand, yeah. your content might be about trying some stuff you did at work and telling, talking about it. Right. If you're doing a Sage brand, you might be teaching lessons. Right. If you're a gesture, yeah. you might be making a couple of jokes yeah. about something that you tried. Dale Dupree is a good friend of mine. He was presenting, you know, not long after you in the, in the sales stage. And he's very much that, that rebel archetype in, in the sales world. He is you know, says everybody to, to everybody, his friends call him the copier warrior. He's slaying, you know, high prices and the occasional possessed copier. He's done a great job of that. And I think you're right there. Like marketing folks are thinking about this all the time. Salespeople aren't necessarily thinking about developing that architect for themselves and putting themselves. And the other thing, the other cool part is your brand archetype doesn't need to be the same as your company's. Mm. And that's, that's actually how I discovered doing this because when I worked at Dine, Dine was trying to do a lot of stuff. They now are owned by Oracle and Oracle's Mm -hmm. a very sagey brand where Mm -hmm. they teach lessons. Right. Dine was really trying to do, they didn't really have an archetype chiseled out, but I wanted to do the brand archetype thing. So I just did the gesture thing at Dine Mm -hmm. and it worked great for any campaign I touched. My Mm -hmm. fingerprints were all over it. Yeah. Whether it's prospecting, whether I was doing a marketing campaign, if I was running search engine marketing stuff, like yeah. you can do all these different things to capitalize. And the thing it does is it creates a loyal following. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not trying to brag, but like people loyally talk about the stuff that we put out all the time at Lead IQ. Right. And we're just a normal company. But the thing that we did is we we strategically picked to make a certain archetype. Right. And the idea is that if you pick one archetype, it relates to everybody. There's 12 of them and they all relate to you. And I I mean, we could talk about all of them, but I don't want to make it too long. Yeah. But the, the idea. I'm looking forward to the ebook now. Yeah. Man. You've got to, you said it on the it's podcast. Fi- you have to finish it it's now. It's 53 pages deep right now. So I have to trim a lot of it because okay. I don't think people like reading things that are that long unless it's Harry Potter. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, man, that is a great spot to end the conversation. This has been awesome. I know people can find you on LinkedIn. What's the best way for people to reach out to you, follow your stuff? reach out if they got questions, you know, salesperson with prospecting questions or whatever the case might be. Yeah. You can add me on LinkedIn. Please use a personalized message. Cause I get a lot of LinkedIn requests every day now. And it's hard for me to know if like you're a bot or a human. So mm-hmm. just do the personalized message thing. Another thing you can do, we put a lot of cool content out about branding and prospecting and stuff for sales on our lead IQ blog. So you can go to lead IQ and check out our blog. We have a lot of cool posts there. Awesome, man. This has been a great conversation. Thanks for being on the show, Ryan. Thanks. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.